Well, good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining me this morning on the last day of reInvent. I'm sure everybody's had a, uh, a big week. I hope you've all have enjoyed the event here in, uh, in Las Vegas. Today, we're going to be talking to you about um, how you can have a consumer-based uh, software provisioning experience on AWS Marketplace. I'm Whit Crump. I lead channels for the AWS Marketplace team. And I'm joined by Ian Moberly. Ian leads sales development for a platform and hybrid IT for our partner computer center out of Europe. And today we're going to uh, teach you about three, uh, three main things. First, we're going to talk to you about economic and customer trends around software procurement. We're going to teach you about how Marketplace simplifies and automates the channel experience for ISVs, consulting partners, and for end customers. And last but certainly not least, Ian's going to come up and talk about uh, his and Computer Center's firsthand experience working with Mar Marketplace to the benefit of, uh, of their customers. <clears throat> so to kick us off, I want to talk a little bit about some of the economic trends we're seeing followed by uh, customer feedback. So it's widely viewed that the, um, the software industry is going to be worth probably approaching $600 billion next year, and about half of that is going to go through the channel, about 51%. And of that half that's going through the channel, about another half of that is going to go into the cloud by the end of next year. Now, one of the biggest pain points for end customers is the migration of on-premise applications into the cloud. Now, depending on the, the analyst report that you're reading, it's widely believed that by 2021, about 75% of all cloud workloads are going to be SaaS-based. Now, um, consulting partners like our friends at Computer Center play a huge role in helping customers in their migration process. They act as the trusted advisor. <clears throat> they act as the, excuse me, as the reseller of software. They act as the professional services and managed services provider. Now, this is my eighth reInvent. Um, seen a lot of consolidation in the industry over the past eight years. You're seeing software resellers move into professional and managed services. And similarly, we're seeing managed service providers and what were truly professional services companies now getting into the software resale business because they're able to consolidate customer usage you know, under their management. Now, today in this session, we're going to talk to you about how Marketplace, um, along with the first-hand account from Computer Center, are you know, able to help customers along this journey while the consulting partner is uh, building and growing their AWS-based business. <clears throat> so let's dive into some customer feedback. So I'll start at the high level, and then in the next slide, I'm going to talk about a study that we did on our own that gets into some very specific details. So broadly, what we're hearing from our customers is they're looking for a consistent way to manage all of the assets that are deployed across their AWS portfolio. And this means purchases from AWS Marketplace. It also means applications that have been migrated from on-premise environments that include their own in-house uh, developed applications. So these new workloads that are in the cloud are going to require new types of evaluations and proof of concepts uh, across new vendor types. <clears throat> and um, Sorry, I lost my place here. Uh, and you know, as they're moving all these workloads to the cloud, they're going to have to be negotiating with new vendors and existing vendors to obtain uh, maximum use rights as, uh, you know, as they're uh, deploying assets across their various fleets. And so I'm going to talk about these fleets as AWS environments, you know, on-premise environments, and also potentially other cloud environments. So we, you know, we. We went out and we did our own study with about 300 
different enterprises to find out like what's really going on in the enterprise application portfolio. And what we found uh, was actually a little surprising from a complexity standpoint. The average enterprise has over, well over a thousand different applications. The architectures are often very, very complicated, sometimes monolithic across on-premise and virtual environments. It can be a wide range of in-house developed software depending on the customer's own skill sets, you know, as they sort of, you know, need specific problems solved across their business. They have a lot of off-the-shelf software that's coming from anywhere to three to 500 different vendors. That's a lot of vendors to manage. Now, the really shocking thing that we found out of this, uh, you know, out of this study was that there's a lot of under-usage or shelfware, up to 10 to 30%. So an under-usage meaning customers gone out and negotiated use rights and they're, you know, they're paying for uh, use rights that they're not actually using or they buy software that they never even deploy, just sits on the shelf and gathers dust. And so if I'm the customer, I'm thinking there's a huge opportunity here to rationalize their portfolio. How am I going to go out and modernize it? How am I going to reduce the bloat, decide what's going to be uh, you know, in or out of, uh, of, my, you know, of my migration process? And if I'm the consulting partner, excuse me, and if I'm the consulting partner, you know, this is a big opportunity, a big recipe for me to be able to create value add for that customer. They're going to be looking to me to be that trusted advisor because the customer is going to want to do all this really fast. That's their expectation. I want it to be really fast and really easy while I'm moving this complexity over. Because the, there's, you know, there's, a, there's sort of the view that the old ways of software procurement are, are really slow and very cumbersome. They require a lot of different parties to be involved. We believe that there's a, there's a much better way of doing things and Marketplace is here to automate and simplify this process while helping the consulting partner be that advisor for the customer. So let's talk about Marketplace as a mechanism to sort of solve all these pain points. And I've got some new statistics uh, to share. We announced these uh, yesterday in the, uh, the partner summit. Our, our leader, Dave McCann, shared some new numbers. We now have over 1,500 sellers providing over 7,000 different product listings. Marketplace was, uh, was launched in 2012, born of the Amazon.com experience. It was really a place where customers could find, try, and buy software. Very simple experience. We've now grown to cover over 39 categories. And I'm going to talk about some of the most popular categories that customers use here in just a few minutes. We, uh, we work across over 18 different regions globally. And now we have over, and this is a new statistic, we have over now uh, 260,000 active customers that are using Marketplace off software across new, free, open source, and BYOL. We have a number of dimensions in which customers can deploy software from. The traditional AMI, that's where we got started uh, back in 2012 and we evolved into SaaS. We support, of course, the CloudFormation template and containers as well as uh, many other items. Now, one of the big value propositions to customers and to consulting partners who are either you know, owning that big software application portfolio or managing it on the customer's behalf is consolidated billing. So if you're a customer, <clears throat> you know about consolidated billing, you have the master and child account uh, scenario, if you're a big user of AWS, you know that AWS bill can get very, very long and that CSV file can be complicated. And the customer feedback was, hey, I want stronger governance around all these assets that are being deployed. And when a purchase is made off Marketplace, that software asset shows up in that consolidated bill and you can take advantage of all of the, uh, uh, the tagging features that are available through that billing tool so you can really uh, track definitively what your, um, 
you know, what your internal customer base is using from a software perspective. And we do this through a couple of different purchasing contractual mechanisms. We have seller private offers, and as an as a, um, evolution of that, consulting partner private offers, I'll go into in just a minute. And that essentially allows customers and ISVs and consulting partners to come together and negotiate custom price, custom terms, you know, help implement that governance model, but yet still be able to move quickly. And from a negotiation standpoint, the feedback has been that there's a lot of parties involved. Three to 500 different vendors, that's a lot of, that's a lot of stuff to talk to ISVs about. So we've gone out and we've worked with some of our major ISVs to negotiate a common set of contractual, excuse me, contractual terms so that when a customer comes and they want to do a big migration, they want to move that portfolio over, we've actually gone ahead and done a lot of that negotiating on their behalf. So it only leaves really about the seven to 10 most commonly negotiated items left for the parties to get together and talk about. So we're trying to really simplify that process <clears throat> on behalf of the customer. Now, 1,000 applications, three to 500 different vendors. How are we thinking about that portfolio of the customer in the context of a budget and their spend? So if you think about what we call it the 550-500 model, and if you're thinking about customer spend is somewhere between 15 and 20% of their overall IT budget, probably half of that is, is consumed by five big vendors. These are the Microsofts, the SAPs, the Oracles of the world. <clears throat> These are workloads that are not sold by AWS Marketplace, but definitely run and managed on the AWS platform. Now this 50 layer, the next layer down, is really our sweet spot at Marketplace, and it's the sweet spot for our consulting partners and our customers. These are the top 50 vendors across eight common categories, like security, networking, database, operating systems, that pretty much every customer <clears throat> or their consulting partner is gonna use as they're moving to the cloud and as they're running their business on the cloud. And then next up is the 500. The 500 are the ISV, excuse me, the startup ISVs um, and boutique type shops. And, and that's in the context of modernization. You've got that huge range of, of in-house applications that we discovered in our own study. These are gonna fill a lot of those, you know, in-house developed gaps that customers are trying to fill. You're gonna be able to fill it with commercially available software that's built to a, you know, that commercial, uh, that commercial standard of quality. Now, both that 50 and that 500 are cur highly curated by the AWS Marketplace team. We have an entire team that's dedicated to going and seeking out the ISVs, working with them, and get their products listed. All these products are scanned continuously for security weaknesses and making sure that they meet a certain bar so that they are easily deployed uh, from AWS Marketplace. So let me paint this into kind of a more holistic picture for all of you so you can really see how it works. And I'll tell a little story to show the evolution. So back in 2012, you know, AWS Marketplace was born. 250 AMIs by the end of that year, you know, compared to seven, excuse me, over 7,000 applications. Now we've grown a ton. And what we really do is we instantiate that publishing of software, and that's the price, terms, and code. We wrap in a listing and we put it up on the Marketplace platform. What we call a 3P platform, meaning we don't actually resell the software. We facilitate the transaction between the customer or the consulting partner um, and the ISV. So in other words, the customer buys, you know, they incur usage, we bill them, and reporting comes out the other end. We report to the customer on what they've been doing, and we report to the ISV or the consulting partner on, um, you know, on basically that usage, and we disperse the funds to them. <clears throat> now within the customer itself, that buyer, 
there's actually two customers behind them. One is what we call the decentralized developer, or we like to refer to them as the Lamborghinis. And they're an AWS customer, so we're pretty comfortable putting their logo up here. And these are the guys that want to buy software, and they're just going to go really, really quick. They don't want to get caught up in a lot of governance or anything else. They just want to click buy. So what happened a couple of years ago was, <clears throat> you know, we woke up one morning, we looked at our reporting, and we saw that there was a million-dollar purchase or an over-a-million-dollar purchase off the AWS website. And that means somebody came on, clicked buy, and spent a million dollars with the click of a button. And so, you know, this... This was a big purchase that hadn't happened before, and we immediately thought that this had been an error, that someone had, you know, had accidentally put an extra zero in or something like that and made a mistake. So we called the customer, and <clears throat> they confirmed that this was an intentional purchase. We were all elated, naturally, and went about our business. Now, a couple of weeks later, uh, we got a call from headquarters saying, you know, look, we're going to need a refund on this. These folks weren't actually authorized to buy the software and spend that amount of money, uh, so we naturally, you know, obliged them. Uh, but what we, what we found out about this was this was a call from what we refer to as the Volvos. <clears throat> so you got the Lamborghinis that want to move fast. you got the Volvos that are the centralized governance entity within large companies. And they're thinking about software purchases from a financial, legal, and technical risk perspective. So Marketplace had posed the question to ourselves of, all right, look, we want to help the Lamborghinis move fast. We feel like we've got you know, that relatively covered. You can click to buy. That's what these guys just did. But how do we satisfy the other half, the ones that control the dollars, they control the security of a company? <clears throat> and what we did is we built something called Seller Private Offers. Seller Private Offers allows the ISV and the customer to get together, negotiate custom price, custom terms, to help control those three types of risk I was just talking about <clears throat> so that they can get those developers off and running really quickly. <clears throat> and this launched a couple years ago. It was a really big success, widely adopted. But there was a shortcoming. And partners are great. They provide a lot of feedback on what we should build next. They also provide us a lot of frank feedback of like, what we're not really doing right now. And we got feedback from the consulting partner that we hadn't included them in the seller private offer process. They, they, they want to own that financial and contractual relationship with their customers. Seller private offers didn't allow them to do that. So, now the turn of the crank, we're modernizing the Marketplace platform. We built consulting partner private offers. So we built a new type of seller on Marketplace where the ISV can authorize them to resale. <clears throat> and then the consulting partner can discuss those price, terms, things of that nature to keep the Volvos of the world happy. So if you, if you take all this and summarize it, we're really coming down to three main things at Marketplace. Marketplace <coughs> wants to build a platform where ISVs can, be, can bring best of breed software to their customers. But at the same time, we want to have the Lamborghinis moving fast. So we're building that racetrack where the Lamborghinis and the Volvos can race together. And those, those consulting partners can bring their, their knowledge and their skills to the benefit of the customers as they're moving applications to the cloud and helping them run it over time. So I talked about 39 categories that we've grown into over the course of the years from 2012. <clears throat> get asked all the time hey, what's the most popular piece of software? What's the most popular category? And it's not quite as simple as, you know, we just filter on a spreadsheet and say, well, what's, what's selling the most? Because it really comes down to what is a customer doing on their journey? What are the applications that they're moving over? And I'll give you a really simple example to illustrate this point. And often, first, often uh, a first workload that's moving to AWS is a web application. So if you're moving a web application to AWS, you're going to need to have an operating system to run it, You'll need a web application firewall to secure it. 
You'll need to store data, network it in with the rest of the systems. You kind of see where I'm going over a period of time. You're going to build up a critical amount of customer data that you're going to want to use some kind of a BI tool to slice and dice and get some customer trends out of. And you can take any kind of customer use case, be it oil and gas, healthcare, um, any use case at all, and probably apply it to these eight popular categories that you know, are that sweet spot in that 550, 500 model, that 50 layer. This is, this is our list that we curate. And it's not just these ISVs that are showing right now, but like these categories, that's that 50 layer in that 550, 500 model that we're, we're working on. So a bit of history on our, our channel model since this is a channel presentation and how we got started. <clears throat> we launched our channel programs back in Q1 of 2016. Um, we went out and did a bunch of homework in 2015 and what some of the initial feedback was, hey look, you want the channel to come to marketplace aside from all the things I was just talking about on contracts, you gotta pay the channel. So we weren't quite ready to apply engineering resources to this endeavor yet, so I started up the channel infrastructure program, ran it from a spreadsheet from a number of years. There may be folks in the room from an ISV or consulting partner perspective that have participated in this. Very simple rebate program. Consulting partners that are participating can buy from ISVs that are participating, and we facilitate a rebate from the ISV. Now we learned a lot from that. <clears throat> we learned that it's not quite as simple as, hey, we just send a rebate check to the consulting partner and everybody's happy. Salespeople want to get comped. Consulting partners want to recognize top and bottom line revenue on top of the contractual and um, you know, customer negotiation aspects of those relationships. So you know, there's the Lamborghinis and the Volvos. We learned from that use case where we built seller private offers, enabling the uh, negotiation between the ISV and the consulting partner, excuse me, the ISV and the customer through a white labeled environment they extend a private offer, the ISV extends a private offer to the end customer. Behind the scenes, it's out of the public eye, um, satisfies the governance requirements and does it all in a, in a very private setting that no one else can see. Then we built consulting partner private offers that launched in October last year, yep, three, third, uh, fourth quarter last year. This is where consulting partners can resell their solutions or ISV solutions directly on Marketplace. The ISVs, can um, authorize those consulting partners to be their resellers. They can provide them a wholesale price. Uh, and then the consulting partner basically is off and running to go out and work with their customers and sell to them as they, as they normally uh, you know, have, have done. Then it's in the, the consulting partner's court to be able to initiate those private offers with the customer. They can do it all now through the uh, AWS Marketplace portal. All they need to know is the 12-digit account number of the customer as a target push a few buttons, extend the offer, and the next time the customer logs on, that pops up and they can click buy. And the consulting partner owns and maintains that relationship financially and contractually with the customer. And that was a key point in order for them to recognize revenue. And when we were building this, we spent a lot of time working with big accounting firms so that we could build our reporting to give the opportunity for the consulting partner to recognize revenue. Because we just can't say, hey, you can recognize the revenue. It's up to them and their accounting principles to, uh, to make the decision if, if that's a recognizable event for them. Right now we have over about 40 ISVs that are in the program. You know, in that 550, 500 model, it's that 50 layer across those eight common categories. This is just a quick snapshot, but it's you know, a lot of big headliner ISVs that are participating, although any ISV in, in the marketplace can participate at any any moment, all they have to do is you know, approach us and say that they want to authorize consulting partners. 
And that authorization process is actually really interesting for the ISV. <clears throat> so if you're an ISV, you probably have an existing channel, maybe made up of uh, some traditional resellers who you as the ISV want to help them modernize their business. You want to help them now get into the cloud game. Their customers are wanting to move to the cloud. Maybe they're really good at selling software, but they need the ability to sell that software from a cloud perspective. Uh, so now you're giving them that ability to do so. And also, if you're trying to reach new channels, you know, maybe you don't have as many MSPs in your channel that have AWS skills that you're looking for, you can access that through uh, consulting partner private offers. You can go out and authorize and make relationships happen with new, new types of partners that you don't already have. We've already talked about that customization process, you know, and Ian's gonna talk about that here in a minute, how he's worked with a very specific customer uh, you know, that's just around the corner where they've done some very specific deals with them that required a lot of terms and price and conditions to be baked into it. And they extend those private offers to the customer and they've accepted it to, to some very positive feedback. Uh, that transaction, you know, happens. We do all of that reporting and that reporting comes um, in, the, uh, in the method of a monthly report that for the ISV identifies the consulting partner and the end customer so that they can you know, track revenue and more importantly, um, be able to compensate their own field. And similarly, from a consulting partner standpoint, salespeople are the ones in the field that make it happen. And through our reporting, we are providing enough information for them to be able to, to do those types of things. So before I pass it over to Ian, I want to leave you with three main points. That, you know, whether you're an ISV or you're a consulting partner, you're going to have customers that are going to want to move to the cloud. And you're probably going to be using your channel to help them do it. Now you can use Marketplace as a mechanism to make that happen a lot faster. And your consulting partners are able to wrap their own pro uh, professional services around those ISV sales and put those through the Marketplace platform. So if you think about the governance model, uh, customers are looking to consolidate uh, the reporting around spend so they can track it with a lot more fidelity. This all folds into consolidated billing, so they're able to track and tag these things. Um, also, as that portfolio, that big bloated portfolio we were talking about is moving to the cloud, you as the consulting partner are going to be able to help them rationalize that. And also, you know, as you're making that what's in, what's out decision, maybe there's been overpayment for use rights they didn't need, you're going to help them cost optimize their spend. And last, but certainly not least, and this is a really important point, is the uh, integration with AWS sales co-selling with AWS sales. I get asked all the time, how do I make relationship happens with the AWS field? All AWS sales reps carry a private offer count goal. They all have to hit a certain number of private offers within a year. They get quota retired for software spend through Marketplace, <clears throat> and they receive compensation for those purchases through AWS Marketplace. So there's three goals that you're retiring for an AWS rep right there through Marketplace. And from a customer perspective, I think a lot of people have heard of what we call an EDP, uh, enterprise discount program, so if you're a large AWS customer and you intend to spend you know, millions of dollars in a year <clears throat> and you, you get a discounted price because of that, your spend through Marketplace will actually help retire that commitment on behalf of your customer. So if you're a consulting partner um, and you're working with a customer who has an EDP, they're buying through those authorized accounts, they can now retire that goal. So you're retiring a number of goals across AWS sales and for the customer themselves. So there's a lot of value here in working with the marketplace team uh, in a go-to-market fashion through the channel. Now, like I talked a lot about the academics here and how this stuff works under the hood, how the water <laughs> flows through the pipes. 
But I want to invite Ian up from Computer Center to talk about the work they've done over in Europe and also with uh, a pretty interesting use case with a customer that you can actually walk down the hall and, and go see. Thanks, Wick. Thanks, Ian. Good morning. Thanks, man. Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, so my name's uh, Ian Mobley. I work in a computer center based in the United Kingdom. Um, a little bit about us, we're about a $6.3 billion revenue business, so not small, but certainly not kind of on the global SI scale either, so somewhere sort of just in the middle. Um, and these were figures uh, that we published uh, at the beginning of this year. And we've had a pretty buoyant year this year as well, so to see, expect to see these figures sort of uptick pretty uh, significantly at the end of the year, which is, uh, which is great. We're about 35 years old. Um, and our target customers are the enterprise market. So we tend to be very, very specific of the customer type and size and scale that we want to engage and work with. Uh, we look for longevity with those customers as well. So we share some very consistent principles with our partners, Amazon Web Services. We're looking for that customer intimacy um, and our average sort of engagement with customer is over a decade with every one of our customers. So you've got to do a lot of work to keep your customer, firstly, for that period of time, um, and secondly, you've got to continue to innovate and to, to be able to offer new value in the market. We've got about um, 17,000 people. I know it says 15,000 here, but we made a, an acquisition um, in the US last year which added um, some net new headcount, and the US business is now running at about a billion dollars revenue. There's about a thousand people in the US, both east and west coast, um, and it's uh, it's doing really, really well for us. Um, and then we're, we 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 sort of focus on um, mainland Europe as well, so the UK, Germany, uh, France, uh, Benelux, the Netherlands, um, and uh, in each of those countries, they're very well established um, and have very strong affinity to work with our customers. Uh, very close to those customers as we do that. As you can see, we're, we're, we're kind of a, what I call a full house. We, we kind of provide the technology, um, so whether that be software or hardware, uh, we like to deliver a set of professional and consulting services to our customers uh, through the build and design phases. And then of course, we like to manage that as well for our customers. So it's a, it's a full service offering uh, from the organization, uh, which plays very well, especially to customers that are looking to move into the cloud. Now here's the interesting thing. I think we've been an Amazon partner for just under three years. So I haven't been to a number of these sessions. This, in fact, is only the second time I've been to reInvent. Um, so we weren't a born-in-the-cloud partner. Um, and kind of, I think, internally, when we started to look at that, we, we, we found that there were a lot of born-in-the-cloud partners working and operating in our customers. And that for the account teams was a little bit awkward because you know, if you work in accounts or sales, you want a degree of sort of um, control on your accounts. And we just weren't talking to them about Amazon, about their public cloud, um, and we certainly weren't providing the software titles as they were preparing and moving into the public cloud in that motion. Um, it was this event in 2017, not me, but um, members of the team where actually they met with in, um, I think it was the Encore or the Win, yeah. where the love sign was, and they had the first sort of uh, conversations about, you know, perhaps we should think about, is there an engagement where we can bring this together? 
Um, the marketplace team certainly thought that Computer Center were a good target to collaborate and work with. Um, and so that relationship started then, and we started to put together some constructs and thought about, okay, how do we bring this to market? Certainly through uh, 20 sort of 18, or the back half of 2018 and through this year, we've done some pretty nice deals with the team. Um, and if you watched um, Dave McCann, either in the keynote or on the Cube, he was talking about deals of the size of millions of dollars, pounds in each tranche. That's certainly us. So, um, and I'll talk to one particular use case with a customer to give you some feel for, for what that looks like. Um, and it's been, a, it's been a pretty good ride. Um, there are a few things you need to consider, and I'll talk to those as we go through the deck, that you don't think about with regards to setting this up. Um, that's, that in itself has given us a pivot point, actually, to develop um, a set of professional services and consulting capability so that we're not only now selling the software titles, but of course we're lighting that up and integrating that for our customers. So it goes very wide in the customer base. Um, so it's a great conversation opener. Um, and it can lead to a much broader engagement with the customer. So one pointer, I mean, there are a lot of ISVs in Marketplace, you know, and that number, as you, if you heard anything, is growing every day, okay? Uh, the team are, are very, very agile, the Marketplace team, and there's a lot of draw from the ISV community to want to come into Marketplace because it's a fantastic route as a customer transitions to cloud to get engaged and to sell in a new and disruptive way. I picked a few, um, by no means all, but just a few just to pull out. I think the message here is um, it's really important to focus on the ISVs as an engagement model to start with, okay? Because there's, some of these were new to Computer Center um, Splunk specifically, now we, we do a great business with Splunk, okay, but we hadn't done any sort of Splunk resale business through Marketplace at all. And it was a, it, Splunk were transforming themselves as a business, they're going all in on the cloud, they're a very strong partner with AWS themselves, you know, the Splunk cloud offering is built on AWS's technology. There was an affinity and a, a sort of a direction of travel where actually we, if we came together as three organizations, what could we do for the benefit of the customer? Um, and Splunk is one of the, is the use case we'll demonstrate at the end, but we found out that we could put the sales teams together, the technical teams, and we could start to work and collaborate in a way that we just weren't doing before. And it was just marketplaces providing that catalyst. And it was an indirect consequence, a positive consequence that we're able to do that. So I kind of touched on there something that um, is a byproduct, perhaps, of engaging through the marketplace teams. What we learned very click, quickly was the transactional route, so perhaps that very quick, so maybe even the sort of the, the illustration of the Lamborghini crowd that want to go really quick, they want to take the software really quickly, um, they just want to get it and they want to do it and develop and use it themselves within their own organizations. That's definitely that swim lane, that transactional swim lane. And we wanted to light that up for the customers so that they could do that really, really quickly. However, it didn't take us very long to realize that um, the Volvo crowd, as, as, as Wit references, they want a few extra things. They want a little bit of governance to start with, okay? They want to understand where they're spending their money. And that was both an opportunity and a challenge for us to make that available to the customer. Because as, as Wit said, if you've seen an AWS bill, it can be like this. It can be really big. And our, our customer base are spending 
tens of millions of dollars with AWS every month. So a bill gets pretty, pretty strong and pretty, pretty long. Um, so one of the very easy services that we were able to build for that was a billing service. You know, let's give you some value, Mr. Customer, and tell you where you're spending your money, how you're spending it, how you're consuming it, and let's integrate that into Marketplace so you can see and look at how you're cross-charging that into your business. So that was one thing. Second thing was we could start to build some services around this, some consulting services. If we use the Splunk example again, it's a complicated product. You can't just press click, it pulls down, and then expect to get all the value out of it. You want dashboards, you want to light it up, you want to integrate it into the platforms. You want to extend that platform, perhaps with some of the other ISVs. Um, NetApp is a fantastic example of that. Um, and the reason I mention that is because, you know, suddenly you see some partnerships developing through Marketplace that you wouldn't really think about. NetApp and Splunk have developed through the Marketplace engine. Um, okay, we could go to market together here. And we can do that in a really convincing and savvy way to the benefit of the customer. And when I first heard about this, I thought, well, NetApp, they're a storage vendor. Surely that's the blue box in the corner with the disks running. But they're transforming themselves into a, a cloud software business. And they're looking for partnerships all the time so that as the customer moves into the cloud, uh, they get a level of consistency. So if you're a NetApp customer and we've got a very strong NetApp business uh, in Computer Center, um, you get a set of people that are used to and familiar with using their platforms. It's really quite nice then to remove one of those blockers for that specific team that says, guess what, you can still be in the cloud, but you can still take advantage of that platform in the way that you used to before. And that removes one of the sales blockers sometimes when you're trying to engage customers. Um, a marketplace makes that pretty seamless. It makes it very consistent and easy to sort of supply. And that simple message, that's trying to make it simple for the customer is the one core takeaway from here. That marketplace, if it delivered correctly for the customer, is really streamlining and simplifying that piece. And Whit mentioned the EDP piece. You know, marketplace can start to contribute towards the consumption that a customer is starting to see through their enterprise discount program. And that's a pretty key thing, because sometimes people are making some pretty big bets, and we heard BP on, um, on, the, on the sort of keynote stage talking about their journey. Uh, one of the things that BP is one of our customers, what they didn't tell you is it's taken them four years to get to that stage, okay? That's not a glossing over, that's just them being really honest. Enterprise transformation into the cloud does not happen overnight. And this is a tool set that helps you to be able to sort of smooth some of the bumps in the road as you're as sort of traveling along it. So how do we look at the customers So on the, in the journey? Um, well, as I mentioned earlier, we, we know that a number of our customers have been working with the sort of born in the cloud consulting partners, that workload led sort of engagement, the first 10%. But the 10% doesn't make for a successful project especially when you've got, I've got a customer in the US that got about 80,000 workloads that they want to move. That's a big, complicated engagement. And if they just move the first 8,000, that's probably not going to be successful for them. So we see that um, a lot of those organizations, they, they proved the concept, they've had some great some success, they've been excited, they come to us and say, okay, now we really need to move, and we need to move 
80,000 workloads. That's a pretty big project, okay? And this first planning stage is all about putting the foundations in place. It's about making sure all the work that they've done in the at the first piece is ready for them to really move at scale and pace. Simplistically, then, we move into the apply. That's the building, the landing zones. Let's get that right. Are you using Marketplace? Because you could be using Marketplace, and that is a really good accelerator. It really helps you to think about how you're streamlining your adoption as you move through that phase. And then when we talk about scale, we're talking about the mass migration. And you notice I'm using terms that AWS use themselves. We've had to educate ourselves a little bit to make sure we're consistent in language. But this is about moving the workloads at scale in the safest way we can. And sometimes, you know, the, the, the sort of software that you've been using on-prem is not the software that's appropriate to be using in the cloud. Marketplace has a pretty significant play there to help that transformation journey. And then as we've moved through the scale bucket, especially with our customers, probably about 90% of our customers are using ServiceNow because they're large enterprises. It's kind of been the control plane that they've been using. They don't necessarily want to retire that either. And within the same team, we can start to light up something through their AWS Service Catalog integration, which plays very nicely into Marketplace which allows the customer to continue that consistency of the way that their operation teams are working um, across the, uh, the business. So I thought I'd try and draw that out with you and give you some idea of where you can fold in the different services. And this is a piece of work that then plays into the, the case study that we'll talk about. So if we put Marketplace at the very center of everything that we're doing in this scenario, um, of course, I'm computer center. I want to get as much of the service that I can with that customer. So we start to consult, as I just said, to start to build out what that marketplace proposition looks like for the customer. As they build their maturity and their confidence in that space, and they come back to us and they say, right, OK, now we want to light up perhaps all the IT operations piece. And we can start to use some of the interfaces through the service catalog and build out some of that service now capability for them. This is this is a real extensible piece of work that you can do. And the Marketplace team have been working with us. They work, their ServiceNow is a great partner and a good friend of theirs as well. And we can start to build out this cooperation here, especially for the enterprise customer where um, they're starting to get that sort of value through the Marketplace being at the very center. It doesn't really stop there though, because that's all the technical piece. What about the softer piece? What about the procurement piece, the FD, who's sitting in his office thinking about, okay, where's my money going and how's it being spent? So enterprise contracts is, is really about streamlining for once um, across a lot of ISVs um, how you're going to procure that software. So that's, from a procurement perspective, that's a really great thing. So I can do it once and I can work across those 50 ISVs, that would be a really strong play. Um, and private marketplace has got a specific place. So this, is, this is where we're taking AWS Marketplace and we're coming on an ad hoc basis on a special case back to Wit and the team saying, <clears throat> we've got a customer that wants to refine marketplace specifically to them. They want to spend a lot of money with you and we've got a customer in the UK that does this. Um, they've got a quite a big committed spend. They spend about $50 million a year. But we only want to see 120 of the ISVs. And actually, we want to process that so that if somebody's doing that, 
think of the Volvo crowd, we've maybe got some sort of approval process before they do that. We like all the streamlining, we don't want to turn it off, but actually can we do a little bit of customization? And on a case-by-case -case basis, this team specifically are really open to having conversations about challenging them and pushing them forward because if you do it once and they learn, if you know anything about Amazon, then that might be something that another customer wants. So it's a really strong value play. And then uh, Dave mentioned in the keynote the procurement integrations. So this is, again, this is helping streamline from marketplace into the procurement platforms that most organizations use globally. And when we talk about then lighting up that EDP and making sure that that plugs in. And that's a really key piece, especially as you become bigger and more strategic with Amazon, you're then going to make a commit that says, actually, I can start to get some discount on what we're thinking about over the next three years. So we mentioned a customer. So the customer is William Hill. They've been a customer of uh, Compute Center for about the last seven to eight years. Um, and in the US, you may know them in the casinos as Sportsbook. So on Sunday, I, was, I got in on Saturday night pretty late. Um, and um, a few of us went and watched the 49ers game on, uh, on Sunday morning. It's a good game. I'm not a football guy, but um, one of my friends who sit at the front here, he's a 49ers fan, wasn't really happy with the result, especially in the last couple of minutes. But it's fascinating to watch. We're sat at the barn watching everybody in front of us using this technology powered by Amazon Web Services and Marketplace through Sportsbook. That's William Hill, and that's all facilitated from the cloud. Now, the reason it's interesting, if I go back in the journey of William Hill, when they first started, they didn't start by putting the workloads in the cloud to start with. They said, we want to use Marketplace, and we want to use that as the procurement route as we start to move those very first workloads up there, so we're ready to go. So they were thinking really in a, what I would say is a pretty advanced way from a marketplace perspective, and that was almost two years ago. <coughs> their chosen ISV and the way they monitor all of their transactions is with Splunk. Okay, and Splunk, as we said, is a really complicated beast, but when it's tuned well, it gives them a landing zone and operations space where they can see what's happening across all of their global landscape. As I fast forward now, uh, William Hill signed an EDP via Computer Center with AWS in September of this year. So that sort of 18-month journey which started with Marketplace, and as they start to move their workloads, they've got about 9,000 workloads to move in, in totality into the cloud, allows them to close a number of their data centers. Um, and this has been a really, really powerful story. One of the other things is they're not doing it all cloud natively. Actually, they want to go really, really quickly. So we talk about marketplace being one component. They're also using the VMware on AWS cloud because that's their super highway. They can go really quickly to the cloud, and then they're going to modernize once they're there. So they've got not just marketplace where they can start to inject some of those software titles, but they've got that close adjacency there once they're there where they can start to modernize the applications to deconstruct the traditional and use some of the serverless functionality, maybe use some Kubernetes up there to build their construct so it becomes really, really elastic, and that's a really key ping. So remember, you can walk out of here, you can probably turn right, go up the escalators and into the area, and you'll find this technology in the bars all around this piece, or you can walk out onto the strip, and you turn left, and I know 
almost turn left and walk a couple of hundred yards and there's a William Hill shop off on the other side of the road. That's this technology right in front of you. So as I'd like to sort of just close off, um, there's a few things I'd just like to leave with you. So I think it's about improving your time to market and value recognition for a customer. That move to frictionless, which um, all customers want to try and achieve, but is really hard to do, okay? It can really, really help with that. That streamlining of the procurement processes, simplifying the landscape is a really key benefit. And then you've got a really rich and expanding partner ecosystem that allows you to work with perhaps with new partners for the benefit of the customers, especially as they're moving in kind of at scale over the next few years into the AWS cloud. Great customer journey. I hope you enjoyed the William Hill example. They're a fantastic customer of ours and uh, Amazon Web Services and Marketplace. And I'll come back to which just to close off. Thank you very much. All right. You can stay up here. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. I appreciate your attention. Thanks for joining us. I hope everybody learned something about Marketplace, how we bring value uh, to customers, channel partners, and ISVs. Ian and I are going to be hanging around for a few minutes if you have questions. But uh, enjoy the rest of reInvent, and everyone have uh, safe travels home. Thank you very much.